This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm here with B. Kelly. B, how are you? I'm very good, Jay. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me on the podcast yet again. You keep asking me back week after week. It's it's bizarre. (laughs) How do you you feel about being inside podcasting on this unseasonably warm day in New York? Well, it's kind of bumming me out because, um, I mean, this was a practice we came very familiar with during the hot, hot New York City summer months in August, closing the windows and basically suffocating to death while recording our stupid hour-long fantasy podcast. <laughs> I really I really want to open the windows right now because it is unseasonably warm here in the city, and uh, I'm not able to. Because you went all, all last summer, you did not have an air conditioner, right? No, no. I mean, where where we both live in the general area of Brooklyn, it's all pre-war buildings. They're all old. There's no central air to speak of. So we all have those crummy uh, window air conditioning units. And right. I, uh, every time I install one, I'm convinced that it's just going to fall out the window and crush my downstairs neighbor's uh, tiny little Yorkshire Terrier. Uh-huh. So uh, the, the summer before, man, a weather chat is really going to... Um, Really going to raise us to the like next level here, Josh. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, maybe let's su- just move on. Yeah, let's just move on before I get too caught up in my farmer's almanac talk. The, the funny thing is, I was getting pretty excited about this. I feel like I could have talked to you about air conditioners for like a solid thirty minutes, maybe maybe an hour. I have I have like actual thoughts. I like save it save it for our air conditioner fan podcast. That's true. That's, well, that's, which that's, which that's is actually a fun. <laughs> that's a fun way to put it. Air conditioner fans. That's, that's I, I, <laughs> if I love anything more than air conditioners, I love puns. <laughs> so th- this this game week game week twenty nine was a little interesting because it was the first game week where I think we were both traveling during the weekend. Yeah, you were up. You were in upstate New York. Uh, I was down in Florida. Uh, both of us. Uh, are apparently so obsessed and cares a little for our family that we both actually watched a fair amount of these matches. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I travel with some friends, and, uh, you know, we, we got up to this cabin in the woods, and uh, luckily it had Wi-Fi. And when I told everyone that uh, I was going to wake up promptly around 7.30 to watch the North <laughs> London Derby, first of all, they asked, what the hell is a North London Derby? And second, they said, you're insane. Mm-hmm. And so do they do they try to engage? I mean, because this is something that I'm sure a lot of people who are listening to podcast have experienced as well, especially Americans. Uh, just that that weird like, yeah, just people, like, like I, I, I maybe I suppose it really is more of an American phenomenon. The, the this thing where you watch soccer in front of people who don't watch soccer typically or, or football or whatever. And um and then it's like it's kind of like you sort of become a host too. Like you're sort of watching, but you're kind of explaining the rules as well. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I, I think most people can relate to that um, when it initially comes up in conversation. The person who doesn't know much about fantasy Premier League will sort of earnestly engage you in it, sort of like, oh, that's interesting. Tell me more about it. It's like a dad dad talking to, like, his eight-year-old son about, like, Magic the Gathering or something like that. Yeah, and, of course, the the moment you start explaining it, you start to feel this incredible shame of, like, (laughs) oh, God, I'm actually explaining this, and I can see that they don't care. They were just trying to be nice. Yeah, and I'm sure you did. Maybe you said this, but did you say, well, I I have this podcast where I talk about the fantasy aspects of this game. It's, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's actually easier to explain what it is to make your own podcast to somebody than it is what it is to play fantasy Premier League. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I, I try to drive the conversation immediately to, oh, so I plug a microphone into a laptop and it's really it's really a lot of fun. I do too. I just I, I say I have, I have a podcast where we, we focus on the English Premier League. And I leave it at that. No one ever asks a follow-up question. So I like how you emphasize the league, the English Premier League. The English Premier, the Barclays Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the uh, Barclays Premier League, let's talk about how we did in game week 29 because uh, I think a lot of managers out there had a really great game week. Like I, we, were, we were saying earlier, it was the first blockbuster game week we've had in a while. It was, and um, it was... You know, it was really one of those. The people who are taking the game seriously had great game weeks, and people who maybe aren't um, taking the game as seriously didn't, because uh, the average was only fifty-three points. But uh, from the scores that I was seeing in, uh, you know, in our league and in other and other leagues, uh, even our own personal league, uh, you're seeing scores in the like seventies, eighties, and nineties. I finished with ninety-eight points, um, and uh, would have been higher if I had just. Gotten rid of Smalling as I, as I should have. Um, I you know we uh, it was amazing. Of course, in the last podcast we talked about how Bellerin uh, just doesn't get assists anymore. I think he had one assist in his last forty five games, something like that. Uh, so naturally, he scores uh, two assists, one uh, when they're down a man. Uh, and picks up uh, three bonus points. Uh, so beautiful assist. Let's be clear about like uh, yeah. The the second assist, I was sure it was Ozil. You know, first of all, I have I have really bad eyesight. Second of all, he was wearing <laughs> the same colored boots as Ozil. I, I Third, thirdly, have, yeah. it was a beautifully weighted pass. Yeah, it's it's true. So you, you know, and when something like that happens, and so Bellerin had been on my bench this game week. You can't get too mad about it. It's just you know, it's it's so fluky. Um, it so, is, yes, it is yeah, exactly. So I dropped, um, I dropped Sigurdsson and, or, I, or I'm sorry, I dropped um, Ross Barkley and I dropped uh, Micah Richards, uh, who had been buried on my bench forever. Uh, I and can't I brought believe in, it. Yeah, and I went all in on Swansea. I brought in uh, Ashley Williams and Gilpie Sigurdsson. Uh, would have had zero from <laughs> from um, 
Micah and uh, one from Barkley, and I picked up 19 points combined between Williams and Sigurdsson. So, uh, you know, huge swing, like about about as well as two transfers can possibly work out. No, it is as well. It's not about as well. That is that is as well. It's incredible. And uh, we both made defensive transfers this week, and I brought in Joe Hart and got a clean sheet from him. I mean, that was sort of a dead certainty against Villa, but. I mean, for Ashley Williams to also come away with bonus points, you're you're loving it. I totally agree, and it was not, so. I you know my season has been so bad that a big game like like this, um, it really thrust me like right back into respectability. Uh, <laughs> I actually I moved up three hundred and fifty thousand spots overall uh, just with that one game week. So I'm it, doing a lot better about my team in general. I mean, I really I'm kind of out of the running to to get, to to finish anywhere in any yeah. of my leagues. Uh, but now it's like I, I at least feel better about just like writing the ship, you know? Yeah, definitely one of those game weeks that brings balance to the force and brings the, like you were saying, the serious players close ever closer to um, the ones who rode their luck early in the season. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, you know, I don't know if you've um, taken a look. I, just yesterday I was looking at uh, Odin Agallo's numbers in the last, uh-huh. uh, uh, I guess, about 12 weeks or so. and uh, Very the- quiet. Pretty, yeah, pretty extraordinary. Let me pull them up here real quick. Uh, so in the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. In the last 10 game weeks, uh, he has only scored one goal. And uh, he has two pointers in the last six game weeks. So we all knew this kind of thing was inevitable with some of these lower school, like, you know, with some of these kind of um, uh, yeah. less liable players. I mean, obviously, we, you know, with, with, you know, Mares and uh, Vardy have kept it up all year. But, uh, you know, so has their team um, kind of uh, against all logic. It really has. I, I wouldn't say it's a Gallo's dip in form. That Watford team just to, seems to have run out of gas a little bit. They just have played so hard through the yeah. first half of the season. It's true. I mean, they're at 37 points right now, so they're, they're really... I mean, it's that time of the year for them, right? I mean, there's no way they're going down. Uh, you know, they're not going to get a Europa League spot. Um, they have, uh, you know, pretty big FA Cup match coming up this weekend. Um, you know, they play Arsenal, and uh, if they... I mean, if I were them, I, wouldn't you be putting all your eggs in the FA Cup basket? I mean, if they finish, yeah. you know, fifteenth and make the finals of the FA Cup, like that is an incredible season for them. Stuff legends are made of. Speaking of legends, let me get in my um, my exciting game week for twenty nine. I finished with eighty four points. Pretty happy about that. I mean, definitely unhappy to lose, even though it happens so rarely this season, Josh, to lose a head to head to you. Um, <laughs> I know, first it, one it in does, a long time. It does stick in my teeth. But well, yeah, like way, jo- yeah, I know. And it, it, it was nice to have like a, like a substantial win. Because like, you had been beating me like three or four weeks in a row by like one point or two points or three points. So. It was it was nice to like to to rock like a real a real victory this week. Absolutely, you totally rocked it. So I, I dropped like, David. Like, like 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 one should rock the vote this fall. I rocked it, <laughs> or or a hurricane perhaps. Mm-hmm. Here I am, rock me like a hurricane. That's a song, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Scorpions. <laughs> All right, so I, I dropped David De Gea for Joe Hart. That was my one transfer to the week. So now I'm still sitting on two frees because I only used one of my two in the last game week, which I'm going to need. And we're going to talk about strategy going into this this blank landscape of game week 30 coming up. I think I'm going to need that. But yeah, yeah. I got clean, I got a clean sheet from Robert Hu, too. We both got a goal from uh, Virgil van Dyke, And, <laughs> you know, as predicted, the captaining of Aguero worked out and our, our patience with Payet, 13 points in that nutty Everton-West Ham game. That was... Yeah. 
very, Good. very str- strange match. Uh, although maybe not so strange given uh, how Roberto Martinez teams have performed all. Really, all, all, I, I was going to say all season, but really just in, in the three years that he's been there, he had one great year and uh, I don't know, I've lost a little faith this year in Roberto Martinez, who I was a really big champion of. Also because we saw him at Blazer County, and he had the best suit I've ever seen. It was like a, that suit must have cost like $10,000 minimum. It was an absolutely beautiful suit. I will never make as much money in my life as that suit cost. Or, or <laughs> he, he also was sporting so much style. He was wearing a tie bar across his club collar. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was out of control. Actually, that <laughs> like that. It was like it was such a nice suit that it made you question, like where his priorities were. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. You know, <laughs> that, that, I mean, look, that. You, look at, you look at Sir Alex. He just had that like grubby wool coat that he wore all the time. Yeah, or Tony Pulis and his uh, bright white sneakers. I mean, certainly he's prioritizing those sneakers, perhaps, over his his attacking lineup. Yeah, exactly. I like like just a little nice. Like Jurgen Klopp, uh, even Jose Mourinho, like normal nice. You know, like they, 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 you know, they dress up just a touch. Pochettino, probably my ideal uh, dress code for a manager. Like, um, uh... What the Watford manager was it? Sanchez, Kiki, Sanchez, Flores. Yeah, Kiki Flores. Yeah, Um, he's just a little too cool. Yeah, you can't you can't imagine yourself being Kiki Flores. Like he seems like that guy is just he's too like awesome. You know, wait, wait. Yeah, he's like he's He's like a guy. He's like a guy like. The, the the prettiest girl in school dates, right? You know, <laughs> he's like, got that he's got that La Liga swagger. He yeah, doesn't he have did. the Premier League swagger. So well, anyway, Pochettino, yeah, Pochettino seems like the most popular guy in high school, right? He's got that like popular, but like beloved by everybody. You know, jocks, nerds, everybody yeah, loves because he's he's a good student. Uh, <laughs> he's a good student. All the teachers like him. Right, right. He's he's the salutatorian in his class. <laughs> All right, so the other big event this weekend was, of course, the kickoff of Major League Soccer here in the U.S. And I don't know if any of our listeners out there are following. I know some of us um, got at us on Twitter to ask us about MLS Fantasy. And I'm playing MLS Fantasy, but you're not, Josh. No, I, I'm not. Uh, we became we became NYCFC season ticket holders this year. Uh, and NYCFC, for those who don't know, is... Basically, like uh, I don't even know what you call it. I, I, I guess like not quite a like a feeder, a brand extension of uh, yes, of exactly. Manchester City. I guess a you marketing call it project, a marketing project for Manchester City. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be super fun, but uh, you know, there's like they have the same colors. It's all. There's all this like we are one branding that's going on. Yeah, Eddie Hot is, uh, you know, which is a brand that carries no weight with an American audience, is on uh, their their kits. I'd love to know more about pe- like pe- so people English English people who are um, season ticket holders for for clubs in the Premier League or even the Championship. If they get marketed to as aggressively as as, as, as aggressively as we've been marketed to since we became season ticket holders, because I feel like we get. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I get an email almost every day from NYCFC. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and, we got an email today about going to see an NYCFC feature-length documentary, and I'm trying to right. think of how, how in God's name that would be interesting to watch. Yeah, and it's all this brand, it's, and it's very serious. You know, it's all very serious, and uh, I don't know, maybe it's just because we've only been to like a, you know, we went to I had two games last year. Uh, but I really don't have like I I haven't built up this like loyalty. So all of the like we are one stuff and the the like the passion for the club, I just I, it's not quite there yet for me, you know. And so it's a little uh, 
it's, it's a little strange. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm trying to build up a little bit of my excitement by learning more about the the league because uh, I'm I'm a novice when it comes to MLS. But this fantasy game has confused me even more. It, it, I forget how daunting it is to approach a new league and not have any um, knowledge of any of the other teams or the players. So just fielding a squad, let's see, so you can field. Um, 16 players in MLS fantasy. You can pick up to four attacking players, and I don't think there's a limit as to how many players you can pick from any one squad because it's uh, it's the same deal as FPL. You get an allotted budget, the players have price tags, um, and you, you just pull them in as they uh, fit to your budget, and then you play the market for the rest of the season. But the, the scoring is kind of ludicrous. Um, you get points for if, you're, if your player gets a second assist, so the assist to the assist, that's a point. Okay. You get a point for every four shots taken. It's unclear if those are on target. I assume they, they have to be shots on, on target. <laughs> right, that just scan it over the bar. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for every 35 passes you complete with it, with the caveat that it's an 85% uh, pass completion, you get a point. Uh, so is it weird for you to – so how many, how many total players do you have on your team, on your MLS fantasy team? 16. Okay, so you have 16 players. Before the season started, how many of those players could you name? And then, and well, then name those players for me, please. Uh, Poku. Poku is starting in my <laughs> midfield, even though he didn't play a single minute this weekend in, uh-huh. in NYCFC's opener against Chicago Fire. Uh, David Villa, the striker for NYS, NYCFC. Uh, you're, you're clearly not paying attention to football if you don't know who David Villa is. Michael Bradley, the legendary United States national team midfielder. Heard of him. <laughs> and Robbie Rogers, uh, the wonderful, uh, I think he's a left back for LA Galaxy. Left mm-hmm. back or right back? Um, but he's he's a great American player and um, also just um, in, in important for uh, a few reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Did you pick him because you wanted to have both straight and gay players in your yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to politicize it too much, but you know, I, I want. I want a whole. I want a whole rainbow coalition on my <laughs> fantasy team. Sure. Uh, oh, and Nigel De Jong, who actually played for in the midfield. Oh, wow, Nigel De Jong, the 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 the, the famous Dutchman who yeah, the his, stir, sternum kicker. Yeah, put his cleat on uh, what's his name, uh, Jabi Alonso, right? In the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah in the World Cup final. Wow, interesting. What what team does he play for? He plays for the Galaxy. Wow, wow. All right, Brian, we should really get into uh, the actual <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, And that's good because, frankly, at this point, I have nothing left to say about MLS Fantasy other than we're looking <laughs> forward to going to their home home opener this weekend. It should be a yeah, lot of fun. It's, it's this Sunday, so I'm excited about that. And if you're, if you're, if you're an NYCFC fan or if you're going to be at the game, uh, you know, send us a note on our Twitter feed and uh, maybe we can try to meet up and grab a beer or something like that. Uh, all right, so uh, Hail Cheater Super League, Brandon. Uh, the top 10 is pretty stable, I'd say. Very um, stable. First and second place, uh, same as before. Uh, Owen O'Keefe's underdogs with 1,727 points and uh, picked up a a solid, if unspectacular, 75 points. And in fact, almost everyone below him picked up points on him this week. Yeah, accusations uh, of uh, doping leveled against Owen O'Keefe. Yeah, yeah, legitimate ac- accusations. <laughs> 
Uh, IX Trees Down, Callum Bothwell, uh, hanging tight in, uh, hanging tight, hanging tough in second place with, uh, 1,712 points. I'm not going to name everyone's points here, but just at the start. Just, uh, it's just an FYI. Just so, an FYI. So people can feel bad yeah. about themselves. And we have a little movement, uh, in the middle. Thir- uh, third, fourth, and fifth is, uh, Gear Meld, uh, Muhammad Al Kiasi, and Graham McDonald. And then moving down uh, spot, I think it's one, maybe one spot, a couple spots each, uh, is uh, Melvin Mambazi, Calvin Chan, uh, Sean Kamiski. In ninth is Laith Kassab. And then in tenth is uh, Richard Cosmata's uh, Cosmala 11. So, um, you know, the usual suspects, Brandon. Uh, we need a new name in there. I mean, you know, obviously we want, we don't, you know, we don't want poor Calvin Chan or, or, or Sean Kamiski or. We don't want anyone to be to, to leave the top ten necessarily, Brandon. <laughs> well, who's going to be tough who's, enough? Who's going to be tough enough to challenge this top ten? Our okay. our uh, old pal Mark Johnson, who we know from the transfer hub message board, Stone Cold Stunners. He's making a play. He he had a big week with ninety four points. So the yeah. likes of Mark Johnson and and a few other folks below him, I feel like they've got the right stuff. We just they we just need a few more explosive weeks. And a shout out to the Axe Murderers, uh, who picked up 100 points this game week, uh, highest score in the top 50, and that is uh, Turkish on Twitter. And uh, I told him I would give him a shout out on the podcast, and that is what I am doing. Man, so, it always it, it, it's it's such a feeling to break that century mark. I'm actually shocked that more people in our top uh, 50 in the Hail Cheaters League didn't break 100 in a week like this. But it just shows to show you how level the playing field is. Yeah, truly, truly. I mean, you know, part of it was, uh, you know, Ozil, Ozil blanked. And, um, you know, a lot of people have uh, Southampton players, but they don't have Virgil van Dijk. His ownership levels are actually kind of low. Uh, so, uh, uh, the, you the know, target, the target contingent. Yeah, so conceding that goal and then having him score and pick up two bonus points was, was, was a big difference maker. All right, should we actually talk about what the hell happened uh, in game week 29? <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a weird week and there's there's a fair amount to talk about for this for this strange game week 30. So let's let's just do a quick a quick recap of uh three matches that we, that we think are worth talking about. One is uh, Spurs Arsenal, uh then it's uh, Man City Aston Villa and Swans Norwich. Uh and I actually didn't watch Swans Norwich, so I think we can go through that one pretty quickly. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch it either. But just fantasy implications. Swans are going through a real uh, purple patch. Purple patch, and yeah. they've got great fixtures coming up. So I figured it would be worth talking about their performance against Norwich, just for that fact. Sure. So uh, let's get to the first one: uh, Spurs Arsenal. Amazing match. Uh, really exciting. Uh, lots of lots of drama. Uh, you know, I don't even know if it was. I was listening to the Guardians Football Weekly podcast, and they were. I mean, they kind of snark in every match. Like they'll never call a game a good. Like no game was ever a good match. It's always no. like, even if there were great goals and lots of drama. Sure. Uh, there's some reason why it was actually like secretly crap. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, you cover you cover as much football as those guys probably do. You you have to get really cynical at some point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. Um, so so it's interesting. I, you know, I we have like our little running order here, Brandon. I see your notes, and you know the the, the problem is um, so so as you note uh, in your notes that no one can see, so I shouldn't be referring to them this much. Uh, that Delhi Helly has been uh, you know worryingly quiet the last few weeks. He has two assists in the last five game weeks. Uh, Kane, uh, you know, a little up and down. Uh, Spurs defense pretty patchy. Uh, the problem is. There's really no choice but to 
to not to not only like not only are they undroppable given that we're going to game week thirty, but um, you have to at least consider bringing in a Spurs player. I think if you don't have one, if you if you're not maxed out on Spurs players, then um, the logical transfer has to be a Spurs player this game week, whether it's a defender or a midfielder. Yeah, you have to play three Spurs players in game week 30 just to field a full squad, plus they're playing the worst team on planet Earth, Aston Villa, and I'm including all of Major League Soccer in <laughs> in that equation. My concern is I have Eric Dyer, and he is walking that suspension tightrope, and he's one yellow card away from getting a two-match ban. I, I sincerely <clears throat> believe that he'll start against Villa. I think they'll just play him until he gets that ban because I mean, what's the point in sitting him to avoid him getting the ban? They have so many players that can sit in all those midfield holes that would be left if, if Dyer does have to take that ban. Well, isn't it once you get to a certain mark in the season, don't you get five more cards that you can get to like, isn't there a point where you can actually get 15 yellow cards? Like when you get to the game week 30 or 32 or something like that? I'm sure I, there is, Jeff. I, I, could be, I could be wrong about this. Uh, I'm sure there is. I <clears> just, <throat> I I don't off the top of my head know when that is. I'm sure our, many of our listeners actually do know. And that, that would actually inform the decisions that I have to make going into game week 30. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't really consider dropping uh, Eric Dyer, would you? No, I mean, and I have to make two transfers to field a full 11 going into game week 30. So to do a like-for-like like swap, I mean, and the benefit of owning Dyer, and I guess anyone who owns Alderweireld would laugh at me for saying so, is the attacking... Well, I mean, actually anyone who has a Spurs defender, be it Kyle Walker, Danny Rose, Alderweireld... These guys all probably have as good, if not better, attacking potential than Dyer has shown through the season. So I don't know. My logic for owning Dyer is is not holding strong at the moment. Well, I think I think the logic was just that he was cheaper. Right? Yes. I mean, that was, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. At the time that I bought him, he was the cheapest of all the starting Spurs defenders. So that's right. Yeah, I, I can't drop him. Yeah, I had a there was, there was someone on Twitter who was asking a couple days ago about whether. Uh, they thought Kyle Walker was going to start this weekend. And I think it's really, I mean, part of the reason that Spurs have played so well this year is that Pochettino has been rotating his fullbacks um, like basically every other match. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have someone like like Kieran Trippier who sort of become a Europa League specialist. And he uh, he plays in those matches and then he um, often doesn't play in the, the corresponding Premier League match that week. Or, um, you know, if there, if there are two matches in, in four days, you know, like a, like a, like a weekend and a midweek, he'll, he'll play in the Europa League, sit the weekend, and play the following, you know, midweek fixture. Yeah, and um, Ben Davies is getting even more rotation. I feel like he's seen a little more league action than Trippier yeah. has. So I think that, you know, Alderweireld and Dyer are the only two players that you can really, I think, like rely on as, as, as starters. And if I, were, if I were thinking about bringing in a Spurs defender, I would only bring in one of those two players. Uh, well, and really, I mean, and given, the, given that Dyer is a nine, I think I would really only, uh, I would really only look at um, Alderweireld. And, I mean, I, I know that Kevin Wimmer, I guess, is the one, the other player to look at. And may, maybe he is. Uh, I mean, I don't feel as confident that he's going to start every game week, but I think he's the other, the other option. Well, I mean, I think Vimmer does start as long as Vertonghen is out, and Vertonghen's out for the rest of the month. I think Vimmer is is a lock. For, is it Vimmer? And am I saying Wimmer? 
I think yeah. it depends he, he, on he's, he's, he's Austrian, right? So it's it's got to be Vimmer. Yeah, I know you. Come, I know you hail more from the Black Forest region, so <laughs> you would you would pronounce it differently. Say it differently. Yeah, there. I do think. Um, I mean, he's priced at four point six. So if you're looking for a bargain, if you're looking for particularly if you need to shore up your squad just for a few weeks while we're suffering through these blanks and trying to figure out when the double game weeks are going to be played. I don't know. Vimmer is a perfectly reasonable transfer this game week. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I don't know why I'm I'm reluctant to uh, to bring in Vimmer. You're don't right, be so you. down on Vimmer, Josh. I, I am a little down on Vimmer, <laughs> but that that is all all glossing over to um, the point which we would make looking at the Spurs Arsenal game is yet again Spurs defense and Hugo Lloris pro- is proven fallible. They they just have this penchant for letting in a goal and. It, it is frustrating as an FPL manager. It is, and they're, they're a little like West Ham in that regard, where West Ham just—it's like their their defense looks so good, and yet somehow there's once a game some some stupid goal goes in. Right, right. And and Kane, I I agree. Like his form is it it's it it fluctuates, but that what a goal he scored, and that's the sort of goal where it makes you super enthusiastic to have Kane in your squad and them going up against Villa. We can talk about this when we get into the optimizer. That's a very good looking captaincy pick there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, if, if Sergio Aguero wasn't uh, playing Norwich this weekend, I think, um, you know, we'd all be looking at, you know, well, yeah, as not, not, to, not to optimize right out of the gate, but everyone's got up front Vardy, Kane and Aguero, and they're all up against the bottom three teams in the table this game week. I know. I, I really regret bringing in Vardy, too. It was such a, I, I don't know. It's just, it, like, it made my team so samey when I'm really, what I'm really trying to do is, is bring in points and, I don't know. I guess he picked up that assist two weeks ago, but in general, it's like, eh, I just yeah. He's yeah. He, the problem is what forward has been on like like particularly good form in the last few game weeks. I mean, I guess you know it had been Diego Costa for a while, and then he didn't start last game week. Yeah, and now he scored tonight against PSG, but then went down with a calf injury again. So he's he's just such an injury concern, and also yeah. just a concern generally, a life concern. I guess, uh, you know, if, if Vardy continues to not deliver, I think I would really look at Solomon Rondon starting in uh, game week 31. I mean, they're off this game week, uh, but then he's, they're home to Norwich and away to Sunderland on the next two fixtures. Uh, and he's picked up five, six, and nine in his last three game weeks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't forget about Lukaku either. They, they have a blank and then they hit Arsenal and United after their blank, but then it's Watford, Southampton, Crystal Palace. He he scored a brace. Yeah. Wait, no, well, he, he didn't, didn't score. He didn't score Wait. No, he he scored an assist and then he he missed a penalty. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's oh, just like a, a a really yeah, that's like getting home from trick or treating and you sort of divvy up your candy and and you've got like the candy that you're really enthusiastic about. And yeah. then you've got the candy that you're like, well, this will be a good trade. And then the candy that you just throw into the garbage. You know, uh, Jermaine Defoe is another player worth looking at, too, if you're looking for. And not, I don't know how we got on this, like, differential third striker thing. But uh, <laughs> Jermaine Defoe is someone worth looking at, too, just because he's, he's valued at you know, 5.1 million. And then they, they play Newcastle, West Brom, and, um, 
and Norwich in three of their next four fixtures after that. And um, and the other one is uh, home to Leicester, which is, uh, you know, it's certainly possible that he could score in that fixture. Um, and, uh, you know, he's really just been like, he's just bang on. Four. I, he, I mean, he actually went a couple matches without scoring, but, um, uh, you know, an assist uh, against Crystal Palace, a uh, goal away to Southampton. You know, very a professional scorer, as they say. A, a he, Darren Bent type. <laughs> he is a real pro. So that's... I, I guess we covered Spurs. So, anything to say about Arsenal after this derby? I mean, it, it, they're they're kind of continuing their script. They seemed a little more resilient this game, but still, they can't win a game to save their lives at this and, point. Yeah, so frustrating, and and frustrating to have Bellerin on my bench too. But uh, yeah, Alexis Sanchez looks a little bit better. I mean, if if you just got like eleven million sitting around in your midfield, and yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. You know, obviously they're not playing a game week thirty, so it's kind of it's kind of moot for the for the time being. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's nice to see him playing better. Um, it augurs well from a fantasy perspective, but also just from an Arsenal like still being able to win the league perspective. Um, yeah, so, right. Yeah, so we'll, we'll we'll see. I don't know. It's I think it's you know it's it's the same old same old with Arsenal. I don't really know what what's what's new. I mean, you know, Aaron Ramsey scored. Uh, a great goal, but it certainly wouldn't have me rushing to bring him, you know, bring him in a game week thirty-one. Yep, scored um, a great goal and then was incredibly slow to pull the trigger and a game-saving tackle from Vimmer. Uh, I will say that I thought David Ospina played well enough that it it definitely like lessened any concern that I had about about downgrading from from Czech to to Ospina. Yeah. You know, like because if 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 he looked pretty shaky, then suddenly all of the other Arsenal defenders look a little shaky too. You know, I mean, you don't want to have, you know, whatever Kashelny, Bellerin, whomever, uh, if you don't trust that Ospina is going to, um, you know, make 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 some pretty top class saves. Yeah, that guy's a total pro. As yep. I, I think he showed. So yeah, a, a lot of wait and sees. I think from Arsenal, Arsenal, no conclusions that we can draw at this point. Agreed. Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, Man City, Aston Villa. Uh, Guerra finally comes through, uh, sort of. Uh, scored, scored two goals, uh, picked up three bonus points, and uh, had his penalty saved by Brad Guzan. Guzan, uh, USA, USA. Um, what you, a you, joke. <laughs> it's, it is, uh, the, the joke is that Remy Gard puts Guzan in. He finally gets back into the Villa lineup. Just to, just to get like totally crucified against Man City, I feel like that was yeah. That, they that might have re- they conceded three to Aston Villa or to Everton the week before. So uh, yeah, seven goals conceded in two games for Guzan. You wonder if he lost a bet. Like, all right, Guzan, you want to get back into the lineup? All right, we'll we'll put you in against against City and against Everton. The high, you know, the uh, weird Everton team they are, but they can score. So he didn't save that penalty. They hit, they hit the crossbar. No, it, it it hit the post. It hit, hit the, the post. post. If anybody watched the League Cup final, Aguero took just the most exquisitely perfect penalty, hitting it low, straight into the side netting, unsavable. And he tried to hit the same penalty, and because it just it it has to be so precise, he unfortunately put it off the post. Gotcha. Okay. Because yeah, that that was a that was a pretty big difference. I mean, in the end, we you know you, you couldn't feel too bad about Captain Aguero. I mean, you picked up eleven points, uh, doubled. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would have been seventeen otherwise. Who your and, your your heart really goes out to those managers that triple Captain Aguero this week because that would have been a true game changer for them. 
That's true. Although triple captain and play, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it is. It's home to Aston Villa. I wouldn't have triple captain him for two reasons. One, because I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to have a double game week with Aguero and some really good fixtures. Uh, and I mean, just given where Man City are on the table, they have to play Aguero every every game week. Uh, that said, if they were going to rest Aguero, it would have been this game week, uh, home to Aston Villa. And he plays the full 90. I have to point out something, Brandon, because uh, Mahesh uh, Jaga, Jaga Deason, and I, I, I'm sure I didn't say that correctly. Sorry about that, Mahesh. Uh, had a comment on our Facebook page, which said, needed, you know, this is, this is before the game week, he said, I uh, needed to point out something. You mentioned Aguero could be arrested because of Champions League next week. Uh, only Chelsea play next week. Uh, City play the week after on the 15th. Aguero captaincy locked. And uh, I I read that, and I went ahead and Captain Aguero, and um, I'm glad that I did. So uh, thank you, Mahesh, for um, for writing on our Facebook page and and correcting my uh, my lazy mistake. Well done, Mahesh, helping yeah. helping out the cheater community and the cheater hosts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the lazy cheater hosts. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they're playing a Champions League game next week. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. They're, they're, they're in the league. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're probably <laughs> So this is your first game week without uh, Micah Richards. Did I have to know, when you transferred him out, did you did you play Elton John's Candle in the Wind? Was it, was it like a sad <laughs> day for you? I will say, this is, you know, it got me thinking about the old way that the wild card system worked, where you the, the second half wild card had to be played in the month of January, and... You know, it, it did like lock you into a team a little bit early sometimes, uh, but at least you got rid of all your dead weight. And yeah. because I still haven't played my second wild card, because I'm sort of waiting for these double game weeks to work themselves out, I've been stuck with players like like Micah Richards and Russell Martin for so long. You know, <laughs> just because there's always somewhere else, that, some other you know mistake that has to be corrected, some other. You know, I had Ashley Westwood until like game week 25 or something. You know, uh, so. I don't know. I mean, so it was, it was kind of fun to have that moment where you could really you could really reset in January and you had no choice. Like yeah. it's, it's almost nice to be locked in sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if anyone has listened to this podcast all season, I think they could pinpoint when we both dumped George R. R. George R. Russell Martin from our lineup. It was when we stopped cracking jokes about him every episode. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and just started talking about how like you should captain any team that's playing Norwich in any given game week. Yeah. Hey, but still hashtag free Mabakani. I would have I would have captained Sigurdsson otherwise. So I, I Mahesh did save me one point. Nice. All right. Speaking of Norwich, the next fixture we want to talk about, uh Swansea versus Norwich City. Swans win one nothing. Sigurdsson, the man, everyone's jumping on that bandwagon. His price is probably going to soar going into game week 30. Uh, again, comes through. Where, I mean, my question about this Swansea team is, yeah, Sigurdsson is coming into form. What happened to Andre Ayew? Six six games in a row. He's. It's not like he's not playing. He's playing if the full 90, if not like 80 minutes or, or so, and he, he's not doing anything. I I don't really know. Uh, it's hard to explain. Uh, he's just really he's just totally out of form, and he, doesn't he look like he'd be a great footballer? I feel like he's got the like the perf- like he just looks like like he's got the perfect body to be like a sort of uh, like a, a, a I guess he's sort of a forward. He's I don't know what is he does. He, is, is he a forward? He's he's kind of like a forward or like a. I feel like in basketball terms, he's he's like a power forward. He's not necessarily yeah. like the. 
the the focal point of the offense, but he's 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 just the man. Yeah, false nine, he and, and he looks he has that uh, Alexis Sanchez sort of um, demeanor. Like as soon as he steps on that field, he looks totally locked in. Yeah, it, it, it's so true, and he's got that that that, that like cr- like bald dome, you know, just very very intimidating. What a cranium on that guy! Just un- what a unreal. Head. <laughs> what a head! Great head. Uh, tune into our podcast, Great Heads in the Premier League, and uh, we uh, dude. Do you think we have too many podcasts, Brandon? I mean, no. we got the yeah, we got the Great Headcast. We got the. I mean, um, the 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 fees we pay to SoundCloud.com. <laughs> we we you'd, you'd think we have a million podcasts. Yeah. But you have uh, Sigurd, Sigurdsson. So, um, you know, looking at looking at his game week history, um, the last game week scores ten points. Then prior to that, four points, two points, two points. I feel like as much as we talk about Gilfie, he he was doing much better than that. And of course, of course, the game weeks before that, it was ten, ten, eight. Right. But you, you he, feel like he? Do you feel like he's a must-have now? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's a must-have. It certainly makes a lot of sense to bring him in if you if you don't have him. Like if you're if you're looking to get, you know, if you need uh, a fourth or a fifth midfielder uh, for this game week, then I think he makes a lot of sense. His price is low. Uh, his ownership level is super low too. He's owned by five point nine percent of managers. Uh, they got a great run of fixtures coming up, especially the next two game weeks where they're away to Bournemouth and home to Aston Villa. Um, and so it just seems like he he ticks a lot of different boxes. You know, yeah. differential, cheap, in good form. Uh, you know, has has had double figures and you know three of his last six matches. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's pretty appealing. Like if I if I were looking to jump Pyatt this game week, I think I'd look at Sigurdsson uh, even more than I know. Some people are looking at Christian Eriksson, but to me, I think Sigurdsson is the is the player I'd go with. Yeah, it's funny how we talked about Spurs um, for like a solid fifteen minutes and didn't bring up Erickson's name once. I he's so inco- he's so inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, you know, two points in the last three game weeks. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just you never know what you're going to get with with Erickson. It is the same old story with him. He's just priced high enough where you you need him to be more consistent, and he's not. Therefore, he doesn't always get the nod. The problem with Spurs is that it's hard to know what they're going to look like this weekend because they have this very difficult Europa League fixture away to um, you know way to Dortmund uh, tomorrow, and um, I, I assume they're going to start basically all of their top players in that match. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I, I think especially if you're looking at transferring in a Spurs defensive winger, uh, be curious to see what the lineup is against Dortmund, and that will probably inform your decision of who you're going to bring in in the weekend. Though, it's like what we were saying about um, players getting rested against Aston Villa. Because that is such a gimme match, do managers take that as the opportunity to rest because Pochettino could easily rest players against Villa and field a full strength team against Dortmund. I, I just don't think in game week thirty you can do that. I mean, they're they're just if they were leading the league, even he might be able to do that. But you know, I mean, they're they're chasing Leicester, and Leicester uh, have this run of, of very winnable matches coming up. And I, I you know, I mean, one what, like you know, one mistake, um, or, you know, even a draw away to Aston Villa and a match the Leicester wins, and suddenly you're you know. You're you know four to six points back, right? Um, so I, I just don't think they can risk it. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And from a fan perspective, they must be clamoring for them to guarantee top four. And if they can at all have a chance to win the league, they they probably can't, they can't care less about the Europa League. They really can't. I mean, I mean, it's 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to speak for all the Spurs fans out there, but I mean it'd be a pretty big prize to win. I mean, the Europa League, I think, has increasingly. I don't know. If part of it's just because they um, because now you win a Champions League spot. It feels like the Europa League at least stands for something. Uh, but it does feel like teams are taking the Europa League a little more seriously this year. Yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't if they doubt. if they won the Europa League, I mean, that really would be impressive. There are Premier League teams all over the Europa League right now too. So it's it's yeah. a good it's a good <clears throat> marketing sort of vehicle. The Europa yeah. League for the Premier League right now. That, that Liverpool Man U game would be really stressful if they if they both weren't uh, off this game week. Yeah. All right. Uh, last last point on Swans before we wrap up the Swans Norwich. You know, we we've spent so much time in the last uh, few minutes talking about the match itself. But <laughs> who I I'm curious to hear from our listeners on social media if anyone out there is taking a punt on Andre Ayew uh, in this three game stretch that they have of very winnable games. You just want to hear like how it's going, yeah, how they, yeah, just uh, how they feel. Just want to take the tip. No, I just want to hear if anybody's done it. If anybody has transferred IU in in the last two, say two or three game weeks. Okay, all right. Well, the, the call is out. Let's see what yeah. we find out. All right, Brandon. the The call has been sent out. If you if you if you've picked up Andre IU and you're you're feeling if you're you know, if you're rubbing your hands together a little bit nervous. Uh, find Brandon on Twitter and uh, yeah, let's gab, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk. Let's dish the dirt about Andre Au and his and his beautiful cranium. All right, let's let's move on. Uh, Twitter, Facebook questions. Uh, got a few a little lower this game week. I think I think no one really knows how to deal with this with this weekend. It's so strange with the with the five fixtures and you know the, the questions are all kind of of a similar tenor. So I think I think Ian Stimson. Uh, uh, starts it off on just the right time where he says, uh, do you take a hit to put at 11 this game week? Uh, I have nine plus Target who isn't getting picked. Probably yeah, through. Uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, Target I, Target could get could get picked. He could, and now that Jose Font is on a red card and he's going to be banned, Coleman is going to have to rearrange the defense a little bit. That could favor Target owners. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, although that probably just means Yoshida would come in, right? <laughs> my main man, my Yoshida. I do love that guy. I love me some Yoshida. Sure, we all we all love Yoshida. Uh, I loved when Yoshida battled the pink robots in particular. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Josh. Let's move on. Uh, all right. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, I would only take a. I, I hold firmly to the belief that that you should not be taking a hit to bring in a defender. I mean, unless unless you're solving a long term problem, I, I don't think it usually works out that well. Uh, yeah. Especially especially this season when I mean, because this is actually a dilemma that I'm facing right now too, where I have um, I, I can field assuming that I make one transfer, and that can be uh, pro- it's probably going to it's either going to be Chris Smalling or Pyatt, and I haven't decided between the two. Uh, if I if I if I do that, then I can field a full eleven. But one of those eleven players is George R. R. Russell Martin. Yeah. And the question is, uh, can I get anything from Martin? Like, could I could I get an assist? Could I get one point? Could I get you know? I mean, like, it's possible that that Man City score um, three yeah, you, goals, you know, and it's right. a it's a three nothing game. Which and we, you know, which case, if he didn't get a yellow card, I get one point from him. And that might be enough because if I bring in someone like Kevin Kevin Vimmer, uh, all it takes is one lucky shot from Aston Villa, and he is a two pointer, and suddenly I've lost three points. Yep. Uh, you know because I took a four point hit. So 
it's I it really I find it very nerve wracking to take out. For, to, but that that being said, uh, for a midfielder, I'm usually a little more okay with it um, because you know, especially a midfielder like even someone like Christian Eriksen, despite the fact we were just we were just uh, or, or Sigurdsson, um, you know, someone who could get you double figures. You know, if you feel like double figures are a possibility, then I think it's worth the four point hit. Double figures, and if it's a transfer that you want to make. Um like medium or long term, it could also be worth it. Yeah. Because I don't think, barring any crazy results, I don't think anyone's planning on having a blockbuster week this weekend because there are so few fixtures. So this could be a weekend to just sort of take it off and burn a few points if you have to, just to get your team set right. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right. I mean, because... So he's saying nine plus Simpson saying nine plus target. I'm assuming that that's nine before he makes any transfers this game week. So it's probably ten plus target. Right. Uh, I mean, you might be okay. I think that I don't know. I mean, you could look at someone like Charlie Daniels uh, for target, or you know, like if, if you needed another defender. I mean, he's uh, Daniels is up to uh, four point nine now. Although God, his numbers are incredible. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's he's like the MVP of FPL right now, Charlie Daniels. It's insane. He keeps yeah, it's, scoring. If he, and if he doesn't score, he gets a clean sheet. Yeah. He's up to 17 bonus points in the season. And as much as we're uh, lauding Swansea's run here against Bournemouth, and then they have uh, then they have Aston Villa at home next week. Bournemouth is there are no pushovers. They're they're in great form right now, and this will be probably a really tight game for Swansea. Yep, I, I agree. You know, it's interesting. You, you look at the table right now, and it's it really is a uh, it's four teams trying to stay out of relegation. I mean, the, the Swansea, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Watford—they've all kind of separated themselves from those bottom four. Uh, there's an eight point gap right now between Sunderland and Swansea. So you know, it's it's Sunderland, Norwich, Newcastle, Aston Villa. Those are the four teams that are pretty clearly of those four, three are going to go down, and. Um, they're separated by by well, actually, Aston Villa is like pretty much done, uh, yeah. but Newcastle, Norwich, uh, Sunderland, uh, 24, 24, and twenty five. So, yeah, pretty pretty damn close, right? So, to summarize, and I think this is going to inform how we answer a lot of these questions coming up. You can look at game week thirty in two different ways in terms of fielding your squad. You can see it as an off week; just take it off burn whatever points you have to just to get your squad in good shape. Or you can be one of the few managers that really plays the game week. Well, and I think that the, 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 and the point too is, you know, bring in someone that, that doesn't just solve a problem for this game week, but solves a problem for exactly. for the right. next three game weeks. So right. if you look at it that way, I think there, there are a few teams that stand out as really strong options. We've already talked about Swansea and Bournemouth. Uh, Man City, we probably haven't talked about nearly enough. They're away to Norwich, uh, home to Man United, away to Bournemouth, home to West Brom in the next four. Right. Uh, they're, you know, several points back right now, uh, you know, from first place in Leicester. Um, really probably can't, you know, we can't can't really rest any of their top players over the next few game weeks. You know they they have rested Yaya Torre here and there, and um, maybe that'll still happen with Torre. Um, Raheem Sterling isn't a consistent starter, uh, but you know I mean if you're looking at you know like David Silva is a very interesting option right now, and um, I don't know I, I've sort of done a 180 on Silva. I was very uh, I, I wasn't really feeling it last game week, and now now I'm sort of changed my tune. Well, just on the basis of one performance against Aston Villa. Is that what did it for you? Yeah, because, it, well, but, but because I mean, before before his two assists against Villa, 
uh, you know, he had two points, three points, two points, two points, two points. And, you know, you don't, I don't think you want to change your opinion too much based on that. Well, that that is true. I mean, I'm not sure that I put him at the top of the list of players I'd, I'd like to bring in, but uh, I mean they are away to Norwich, and Norwich probably have the worst defense in the league. I mean they're they're kind of neck and neck with with Aston Villa. So um, I don't know. I mean it's it's an option certainly. I mean, what other midfielders would you look at? Like, are you aren't you a little worried about Yaya Torre and whether uh, he's going to start every game week? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I'm just worried about him as a, a problem, like a global phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> like, no, like, yeah. El, like El Nino? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose I am. Well, mm, no, I suppose I'm not. Just <laughs> You thought it his, through. You, yeah, his, numbers. his form this season is is just too strange and and too inconsistent. I I feel like it's a wait and see for Yaya. I mean, well, okay, so let's put it this way. Because all of us are going to have to drop a midfielder probably this blank game week, so I have Ozil blanking and I have Payet blanking. That's a lot of money that I can spend kind of on whatever I want. And like you're saying about... Whatever you want. Whatever I want. (laughs) And as you're saying, uh, City have some really enticing fixtures coming up. Yaya, he's he's 13.5% selected in the league right now. He's bordering on differential at this point. If if he does turn it on and he's consistent, then yeah, that's a good transfer. But uh, but the, but I just mean they're 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 away to Norwich. That that's a game they 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 can they should really win handily. Uh, you know, follow just a couple days later by a, a you know crucial second leg of a Champions League match. You know what, what's more important? I mean, like it's it's not that winning the league is less important for them, but they know they can win that match without Yaya Torre. And I could I could just see him not starting, or I could see him playing, you know, a forty five minutes, or you know, like let's say they score two or three goals early, I could see him getting subbed in the fiftieth minute. If Fabian Delph were healthy, then I would be a little more worried. But uh, I think that they're struggling to find somebody. Well, I guess you've got the Fernandinho-Fernando connection there. I don't, right. I, I don't know. I, I struggle with contemplating the Man City midfield. We actually <laughs> have a, a more interesting Man City question for me. is from Adam Beasley on Twitter. He says, I need a defensive player to have a full squad this week. Thoughts on Man City defenders? I can afford everyone but Odomende. Uh, Vincent Company is the only one that I would look at. I yes. just don't. Th- I, yeah, I just don't think the fullbacks are. I, I don't think you can reliably pick any fullback right now that's going to consistently start every game week. Yeah, even Gal Clichy, um, it you know he's he's got that Champions League experience. Maybe he's rested for the uh, midweek Champions League game. You really I mean, don't know. Yeah, I mean, he still only started seven matches all year and, uh, you know, didn't start four weeks ago. So, you know, I just, you know, and it's, it's not like there's like this huge, it's not like Clichy is this like 4.0 guy you can punt on. He's, he's 5.3 and it ties up a fair amount of money. Uh, and company is all the way down to 6.2 now. And I think he's probably the most reliable starter on that team. So, uh, yeah, and I, frankly, a bit of a steal at 6.2. I mean, and I'm on board with this Man City defense right now at this point in the season and what their upcoming fixtures. I went in for Joe Hart last week. It paid off for me, and, you know, he'll be getting the start for me for many weeks to come. Yeah, I mean, look at, I mean, look at someone like Kolarov, who, you know, is 
arguably the most essential defender the first, you know, seven or eight game weeks of the season. You know, he hasn't started three, four, five, six, something like six or seven of the last uh, eight game weeks. He hasn't even started. He's um, actually on on loan to Bristol City right now. Didn't you know that? Is, I didn't know that. It's, it's embarrassing. I didn't know that. <laughs> so we both agree, Vincent Company. Yes, that is agreed. Go for it. Go company. Go company, uh, Adam. You won't regret it. And, you know, we did say we wanted comments, not just questions. So Colin Bothwell on the uh, presumed stacking of Steve McLaren. This is a real thing, right? This is not a... Yeah, you I know, mean, it's this, this, has this happened home, yet? Home homepage of BBC uh, Sports right before we started recording was a giant picture of Rafa Benitez saying... Will it be Rafa? Sources saying it could be Rafa. So I, as of this I, as of this podcast, he has not been fired. Right. right. Correct. So, so I mean, it's, it's unclear. Yeah. And I mean, it yeah. could be David Moyes or some other strange random manager from very, some far flung place. Very strange situation. Anyway, uh, Colin says. Uh, this is sort of about Benitez, or I made a comment about Benitez on our Twitter feed. Uh, Colin Bothwell says, I'd take anyone over McLaren at the moment if they can hold off until Vardy has done his job this weekend. Um, yep, makes sense to me. Uh, I know, you you, you definitely don't want uh, Benitez to come in before Monday and <laughs> sort of fire the team up and instill this like super tough. I mean, the problem is they can't just draw their way into 17th place. Yeah, and they're, and that, they're gonna have, they're gonna have to open up. Yeah, and that garbage is uh, that garbage. I meant to say that defense, uh, <laughs> which is a funny Freudian slip. That, that garbage <laughs> they call defense. I don't. Know, I, mean, I don't. I don't think after less than if Benitez comes in before the weekend, having a couple days with the team is not going to um, sh- shut up the shot back there. They're they're still gonna leak goals. I, I think so too, um, and. You know, Leicester have so much to play for right now. I mean, this is—I mean, this could be a really tricky fixture for them. I mean, Newcastle have a ton to play for too. Yeah. Uh, even though they haven't really played like it the last uh, few game weeks. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I do think Colin is right though. Sure. Like the feeling too is that McLaren has totally lost the locker room, and if McLaren right. is still on the bench at the weekend, it—it's even more. The probability is even higher that it's going to be an amazing game for Leicester. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Uh, Siraj, our buddy, says, uh, is Pyatt worth keeping despite West Ham's blank game week? Uh, we've talked about this a fair amount already in the podcast. Sort of depends on the way the rest of your team looks, I think. Um, you know, this is a, it's a, and the reason I'm, I'm sort of, I guess the short answer is I, I, I haven't decided yet because uh, I'm debating that question myself. Do I, yeah. do I keep Pyatt or, um, you know, I bought him at 7.7. He's at 8.3 right now. So, you know, if I, if I sell him, I lose 0.3, which doesn't really matter given where we are in the season and uh, the fact that I'm going to be wild carding in the, probably the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I don't have to watch my, my tens of a million, you know, too closely. But it's, you know... It, I wish they had a better fixture in game week 31. I mean, a way to Chelsea isn't uh, – he, he can definitely score in that fixture or get an assist yeah. or something like that. But but it's not a great fixture, you know. So yeah. I think um, – I mean, I don't know. Like if I, I think he is – I think it just depends. Uh, I think You're right. That, you know, it, it if depends. you have like eight players, you know, going into this game week, then yeah, I think, uh, I, think I, would, I, would, I think I would just sell him. I mean, most people don't have him at – like it's it's not like you know I mean given that he was out for for ten weeks sort of with injury it's not yeah. like anyone has him at six point five million you know they all they, everyone else you know we all bought him at seven seven or eight or whatever 
Well, I think you bought him probably earlier than earlier than a lot of people did. I know I bought him after his performance against Man City, and he was eight point one. I think it was at that point. So I wouldn't lose a whole lot if I sold him and picked him up again a few weeks later. So for me, that's less of a concern selling and then buying him back. Mm-hmm. But I agree. If you can afford to bench him, I would totally bench him. Because yeah. he's he's fixture proof and he's coming back into form. That West Ham side is fantastic, but for me, I'm gonna, probably going to have to sell him just because I have both him and Ozil blanking this week. Yeah, but I, I, I won't be afraid to buy him back. It's not going to be too tough for me to squeeze him back in. Yeah, that, that's that's fair. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Jack McKinnon says. Uh, I planned terribly for game week 30, so would you rather a lo- assume a loss with only eight players uh, or burn the triple captain but have a shot? Uh, and then he says, bonus question, if I go with triple captain, who should it be? I mean, I guess the question here is, I, I, maybe, you know, it depends on where you're, like, if you're, like, in a super competitive head-to-head league. Yeah, I can see maybe the case. It's worth, yeah, I can see the case for it. We've, I mean, we've, talked, we've talked chip philosophy before on the podcast, and I think our stance is pretty clear. And the always cheating stance would be don't play your triple captain this week. I mean, it's a real gamble. It is, but, I mean, Aguero at Norwich is an unbelievably good fixture. I mean, right. that is. I, I, yeah, and I, I guess we did point out earlier that our three templated strikers, Vardy, Kane, and Aguero, are all matching up against the bottom three teams. I mean, if there were no like, if there were no double game weeks to come the rest of the season, I would definitely look at burning my triple captain for Aguero yeah. away to Norwich. And the point we make about Newcastle, and a lot of people will talk about these teams in the relegation battle. Their their form will get better as we approach the end of the season but their form getting better requires them to open up and to attack therefore their defense won't be as tight and it will offer opportunities for these strikers on these big teams to really have a field day if if yeah. they are on their on their game that particular day yep yeah, agreed uh so i guess um i so i guess just it just depends if you um if you know, if 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 you kind of need a, a win in your head-to-head league, then um, then sure, why not? Uh, but certainly, um, there are better opportunities to come um, with a lot of top players. You know, I mean, like Arsenal will have double game weeks. Uh, uh, Everton will have double game weeks. Um, Man City, of course. You know, so Liverpool. So I mean, you know, having Firmino or Aguero or Ozil and some double game week is going to be huge. Um, in, right. you know, three or four weeks time. <laughs> Yeah, so you play your triple captain this week. You have to do really well, otherwise the people who play their triple captain on a double game week will probably just blow zoom. right by you. Exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, so um, at Padfull says, uh, is it viable to use the wild card and then bench, bench boost for the first double game week uh, to get 14 double game week players without ruining team for the rest of the season? So you can't use the wild card, and actually someone pointed this out on Twitter, um, in response to this question, but you can't use your, your, the wild card and a uh, and a chip in the same game week. Uh, a wild card is considered a chip. Well, so, we can just we can assume that Padful is saying play your wild card the week prior and then play your bench boost in yeah in the first I, double game week. Yeah, I think it's I think it's too early to say uh, because we don't know uh, when the when the double game weeks are going to be played. 
Um, I, think I like it. I like the point that he's making, though, of this whole notion of wild carding into a double game week. You're you're totally destroying your team in a in a way. If if your team sort of hangs on point one million pounds, you right. just totally screw yourself up. And I think I think he's making a good point that maybe you save that uh, wild card chip for the last double game week. So you don't totally wreck your team earlier in the season, right? I think I think it would matter more if if the double game weeks were coming before blank fixtures. You know, like in in some seasons, you'll have a double game week before the Capital One Cup final. You know, because there's an, there's an open weekend that the teams that are in the finals can can play before before it takes place. Uh, so then it can be a little dangerous to pick up all these players because you've got another blank coming. We don't really, you know, it may, it may be that, well, I guess we know that there's, yeah, I guess you're right because there is the blank coming in game week 37, um, or not game week 37, game week um, 35. So it's all very complicated, Josh. It is very complicated. I, 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 I sort of blanked out. I, I yeah. sort of blacked out there for a second. I couldn't follow you. Let's just plan to talk about this more when we know where the double game weeks. So thank you for the question, Pat Fulon. I'm sorry that we're completely punting on answering it. Uh, all right. And last question comes from uh, Chris uh, at Sense Barnes. He's our friend from our friend from across the pond, the pod- podcast that we um, we were guests on a few a few weeks ago, about a month yeah, ago now. If you, if you haven't listened to Across the Pond, check it out. It's a very fun podcast. And all the guys who are on it are super Super nice and uh, and and people we would happily watch games with. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> we like nice people. We do, and we and we like watching games. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's a very good point. So, Chris, what does Chris have to say? Uh, he says, um, uh, "How do I get out of last place?" <laughs> uh, well, I, I have an easy answer for Chris. Chris, you have to start your FPL team like not in game week twenty five. I think that's. I think, I think that's, that's good. Yeah, or you can pull a, a Sushant Garg and uh, and throw and you know create a couple other couple other teams. <laughs> yeah. That works too. It's the Sushant. It's the Sushant <laughs> strategy. I like it. And then we yeah. had an email too, right, Brennan? We did. Yeah, uh, very few people actually use the convoluted email messaging system that we have on our site at alwayscheating.com. Because, but uh, Mohammed El Kiasi, who is one of our top ten cheaters, keep calm and climb up. He sent us a message, and Mohammed had to say, "Hey guys, great pod, keep it up." With game week thirty blanks, I have two Arsenal players and only ten starting players. Between Ozil, Monreal, and Payet, who should go and best sub? Thanks, Mohammed. So uh, he's basically asking uh, between Ozil, Monreal, and Payet, who's who's the one to get dumped? Yeah, I think that um, I think Monreal is probably the best player to to get rid of. I mean, Ozil, there's a pretty good fixtures coming up for Arsenal out of the uh, after the um, after the blank. So I think, and, and Payet has has been pretty consistent too. I, I think that I don't know. I mean, like we said earlier, you know, it, it doesn't seem like there's a huge drop off between Czech and Ospina, but Arsenal haven't been keeping as many clean sheets as they have in the past. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, do we know why Manrail didn't play in the uh, North London Derby? Was he just, um, I don't know if that was a tactical decision or if, um, you know, Hold if on. Gibbs is, you know, starting to, to beat him out in training. I, I don't really know. Yeah, so, I don't know either. It's, it, there is the worry of a rotation risk there with, with Nacho. Right, and so even I think the slightest worry of a rotation risk is enough to put him at the top of those three names. 
I would I would move Monreal to Vincent Company if you had the money. I think that's the move I would make. It sounds like a like a grassroots political movement. Move Monreal. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, let's get to the the shortest ever optimizer. Uh, yeah. Very the mini weird. the mini optimizer. The optimizer. The, yeah, we should we should have this one sponsored by those little Fiat cars. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of weird that they didn't move one of those ten o'clock fixtures to um, to the afternoon slot, right? Because there are yeah, only three of them on Monday. Yeah. Ten a.m. being a, a for us East Coast Standard Time, and uh, <laughs> that's right. It, it's true. Yeah. So uh, first up, what's what's the first fixture? First fixture is uh, Norwich hosting Man City. I feel like we've talked about this a ton already. Uh, feel very confident Aguero for this fixture. Uh, would expect Raheem Sterling to to probably start this fixture. I mean, it just seems like he's he's due for a start. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I yeah, I think they'll probably keep a clean sheet too. Although I'm a little nervous about it, just to be honest. I'm I, I'm I'm debating bringing in company myself. And um, you know, Norwich every now and then they kind of they can score. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's not like hashtag free Mobacani. They're a little bit more like like Bournemouth than than I mean because like like someone like Watford like they, Watford score but it's only two players who ever score the goals right uh, and Norwich uh, it's a little bit like Bournemouth like every game week someone uh, everyone seems to have like a taste for scoring on that team yeah you got your Hulahans your Housens yeah your, your, uh, your Mopakanis of course yeah your uh, your Bradys really only Cameron Jerome can't score on that team it's I mean, it's unfortunate that he's their striker. Yeah, uh, spare a moment for poor Cameron Jerome. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my oh, goodness. It's, it's got to be his last year in the Premier League, right? The guy is terrible. <laughs> Please let it be. <laughs> so I predict a 3 nothing Man City win. Uh, I like that prediction. Uh, you you sort of want to predict that Man City will pour it on, but they don't seem like a pouring it on sort of team at the moment. Yeah, I think – I mean, I, I could see Norwich – at least scoring a goal. So maybe I'll maybe I'll revise my prediction. I'll say three one. Uh, no, nope, no, Joe. With with Joe Hart in my lineup, there's no way. Bulletproof. <laughs> that man is bulletproof. All right, and then we get to the uh, the other the the two uh, the two afternoon fixtures. Uh, Bournemouth, Swansea. Uh, pretty interested in this match. I really don't know. Um, I, th- I find it to be a very difficult one to predict. Uh, Swansea have played a lot better. You know, they got two wins in the bounce. Uh, Bournemouth have looked great too. Uh, I don't know. I think um, it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a I fun game. It. Yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if I like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to bet on this game because I find I, it's it's very hard one to predict. Yeah. Uh, it's it's also a fun FPL fixture in that if you have players on any of these teams, you'd want to play them. I mean, do you yeah. have a Bournemouth defender? Do you have a Swansea defender? Play them. Uh, yep. There's an equal chance that they'll both do well. Yeah. Well, you're going to have no choice. So <laughs> yes, there's that. I'm, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it, Jeff. I, have, I haven't had a Bournemouth player in ages. I maybe since I had uh, who's that midfielder with the, with the hair? You the know, midfielder the, with the hair on, uh, on Bournemouth. Matt uh, Ritchie's got some Matt, blonde Matt hair. Matt Ritchie. Yeah. Yeah. I, Interesting I think, how you how you went with his hair on that one. Doesn't he have like a huge quaff? I feel like I feel like he's got like a like a pompadour almost. Okay, yeah. I mean, he's basically another version of Eddie Howe. It, it, it's easy to get the two confused. Yeah, look, look at his picture right now, Brennan, on the, on the fantasy Premier League transfer page. So, okay, so take a look at his picture on the on the stats page. Okay, I've got the stats page pulled up. Okay, Matt Matt Ritchie. His hair is second so, place, just behind yeah. Charlie Daniels. His hair is so big you can't even you can't even. 
<laughs> like it's, it's it's like going out of the screen. That's how <laughs> it's big true. Sure. The 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 picture on his FPL profile, they've cropped out half of his yeah. hair. I mean, like whoever sets up these FPL profiles, they must just revel in finding the worst pictures of everybody. Yeah, I mean, I do miss the days where the pictures on this game were like in-game pictures. Yeah, I remember. There was, I mean, there was an Anderson picture, this amazing photo of Anderson that was his profile page, and it was the, him the, like the pudgy Man United player. Yeah, it looked like he had gotten punched in the stomach or something. It was like his <laughs> his whole body was going forward and his mouth was wide open. It was, it was an insane photo. I don't know how they got away with, with picking it. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. Sylvan Distan always had a good one. He was always he was always had like a Phil Jones esque gurn in his, in his picture. <laughs> and he's got that really long face too, Distan. Uh, yeah. Sorry, so I'm going to pick a two one Bournemouth win. Okay, I, I do like that prediction, um, and probably a twenty pointer for Charlie Daniels at the rate he's going. <laughs> yeah, he'll score two, four goals. Crazy. Only, I mean, that, only, only that, two will count. Two will be offsides. If you need a defensive transfer, that guy's. Only twelve percent ownership at this point, priced at four point nine, and and going back to game week twenty two, that's eighteen two eight one five eight six eight. Just an incredible, incredible yeah. run. Great run. Uh, so, did you make a prediction or not? I can't remember. You, you, you're. I'm kind of just. I'm kind of just going with you on this okay. one. Two All one. Right. I, uh, actually, okay. Just just uh, so we can have a quorum, I'm going to say actually a two two draw. Okay, two two draw. That seems fair. Uh, Stoke Southampton. Interesting to see. We didn't really talk about Stoke uh, at all this uh, this episode. They have a pretty good run of fixtures coming up themselves. Uh, so maybe so, even like a little underrated all season, I suppose. I mean, Stoke's run is so you know. So there's there's what nine weeks left. Um, they have this really interesting run where they have three really good fixtures. And then three really difficult fixtures, and they end with three really good fixtures. I don't know that I feel great about their defense at the moment, but um, I think Shakiri is really emerging as an interesting player. Um, you know, maybe yeah. someone to, uh, to to think about bringing in if you're you know if you're really looking for a you know a deep differential. I think that he is uh, not, not that he's it's it's not that he's under the radar in a in a like. We all know who he is. Like, we all know who he is, but um, I don't know that many, that many people really have him. Uh, his ownership is actually, yeah, I mean, Shakiri is owned by 1.9% of managers, uh, and his price is $6.4 million, so he's yeah, very affordable. I'm shocked at that ownership. I'd, I'd figure there would be at least a, a large number of ghost teams that had brought him in at some point. Yeah, yeah, super low. Well, Arnatovich, don't forget about him. He must be a. I've I have not owned him yet this season, often to my chagrin. But he seems like a really frustrating player to own. I I totally agree. I mean, so I mean, just looking at and now now you know when you pull someone's stats page up, you can see you know thirty weeks worth of results, and you know it's just so up and down with him. And there's really never a moment where he he strings together five or six big games in a row. Like I think. You know, the best he ever did was he scored two game. Two, he scored two matches in a row once in game week eighteen and nineteen, and and that's it. Uh, yeah. So yeah, really, really frustrating. Nine goals and four assists in the season, uh, which is probably really less than he he should be scoring given his talent. And I mean, it's amazing because there was talk a you know a month or two ago about how he wasn't going to sign a contract extension because you know he was, he was looking for bigger clubs possibly. And I mean, now yeah. it just it's like like this guy does not seem like he's on his way to. Uh, you know, whatever, Real Madrid or something. No, he does not. I mean, it's the eternal question. Is it the man or is it the man bun? That's <laughs> true. The shame uh, about this weekend is the two competitive fixtures 
Bournemouth, Swansea, Stoke, Southampton are being played simultaneously. I know. I know. Uh, I am going to predict a nil-nil draw in this match. Very boring prediction, but I just I, I like the way these defenses are. Well, I like the way Southampton's defense is playing, and yeah. I, I think uh, I think Stoke will be uh, will have them on the back foot a little bit, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, nil-nil seems right to me. I'm going to predict a two-nil win for Southampton. Wow. It's gonna be the. It's gonna be. This will go down in history as the Tadich game. All right. Yeah. Well, there's already one Tadich game. That was game, game week eight of last season. Oh, uh, that's true. Tadich where he game. scored a million points. Okay. This yeah. will be. This will be the lesser Tadich game. Okay. The, le- the Tadich the lesser. Yes, exactly. It's the prequel. <laughs> uh, Aston Villa Spurs. The only fixture on Sunday. This one to me is very similar to the Man City game. I could see Aston Villa maybe scoring a goal. Uh, the question is how much of a hangover will Spurs have after the uh, Europa League? So I'll revise my I'll, I'll revise my prediction down just slightly, and I'll say two one Spurs. Three uh, nil Spurs. Uh, that's probably the easiest prediction for me to make this entire game week. Wow. Okay, I like it. Three yeah. nil Spurs. All right. I'm assured of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I we like your shirt. I'm very, very assured. We'll chart it in real time on Twitter and uh, the free tacos for everybody, if I'm wrong. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Aston Villa over the next couple of game weeks. I mean, do they do they even have the energy for like one last push to get out of the 20th place or are they just kind of are they just like this is this is what's happening. There's no stopping it now. I mean, it's like once that ball starts rolling down the hill, you know, it's. I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't appear that at any point this season they've played for pride. So I think they're they're. Just I mean, it was it was it was nil nil in that Man City game at the half, right? I mean, it felt like that that was like they really they really tried for one half against Man City. It <laughs> <laughs> was you all sound, they had. You sound like Aston Villa's mom right now. Well, they yeah. they really tried. They gave it a they gave it a good shot. It just wasn't <laughs> meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, and that brings us to uh, another team we haven't really talked about at all this episode. Uh, maybe because we just assume everyone has three Leicester players already. Yeah. Uh, but it's the uh, Leicester Newcastle match. Uh, definitely underrated uh, captain option in. Um, you know, we talked about Kane and Aguero, but you know, uh, Riyad Mahrez uh, or, or Vardy uh, way to Newcastle is. I mean, you know, there are going to be goals in this game. So if you don't already have three Leicester players, shame on you. But if you're looking for a third at this point, Jeffrey Schlupp was up to his old tricks against Watford. He only played 45 minutes, but he looked great. And he he's a dynamo in the midfield. And if if he gets the start against Newcastle, I could see him causing some real trouble and maybe getting some attacking points there. And he's 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 positioned as a defender. So but, but you're looking... He- yeah, but he's he's not. A, I mean, that's not the player I'd bring in. I mean, he's only played twenty two, twenty two, and forty five in the last three game weeks. I mean, oh, I think listen, it's that's a little that's a little too risky. You you were uh, thinking we we're recording always cheating, but we're actually recording our other podcast this week in punts. <laughs> what about Christian Fuchs? Yeah, absolutely. Four point well, three percent ownership and actually plays. Yeah, all right. I, I mean, I bow to your logic. You, you enjoy playing this game with some some semblance of logic. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, your boy Houthi. I mean, he's he's four point eight. Uh, it it was it was so crushing to watch Huth had two point blank chances at goal, and that was, you know, my my game week at eighty four points in twenty nine was I feel like just a Huth goal away from being truly satisfying. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, I was glad. I, yeah, I picked, picking up nine from Schmeichel was fantastic. And, you know, I just pulled him up. He looks like the Dread Pirate Roberts in, in his photo. <laughs> look, look at his photo. Take a quick look. All right. I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, he, he's got that. He does have that uh, sailing the seas goatee thing like happening. Carrie, Carrie, El- Elways? How do you Kel- say that? Carrie Elways, yes. The Elways. Dread Pirate Roberts from uh, <laughs> Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Uh, so Lester, uh, Lester Newcastle uh, can't imagine Newcastle winning, even if they bring in a new manager for this fixture. Uh, but Lester have not been tearing the roof off with with goals either. So no, uh, I mean this I, like maybe two nothing Lester, two one Lester. I don't know something like that. All right. So if I fail, if I fail on my three nil Spurs prediction, then uh, I br- I then transfer my taco guarantee. <laughs> Uh-huh. To the Leicester Newcastle match, Jamie Vardy is guaranteed to score in this game. Okay. My only concern about a Leicester clean sheet here is John Joe Shelby, because that man, despite everything, is still working wonders in that Newcastle midfield. That's true. Andrew Andrews Townsend, like with some like weird 90th minute goal. Yeah, that man. Lo- he loves his garbage time. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, new, new, I think Newcastle scores in this game. I think it'll be three to one. Lester. Are you thinking about captaining Vardy? Are you, is is he on your radar? Yes, absolutely. Much like Colin Bothwell, he's. Uh, it, I, I'm watching this manager thing as as a way to kind of inform how I want to tackle it. But yeah, he's. It'd be an, he's be, it'd be an interesting captain pun. I mean, everyone is going to be captaining Aguero. So you know, if Aguero didn't deliver, uh, God, you know, you can really pick up some points with Vardy. You either pick up points or I give you a taco. It's one or the other. I think it's a win win. <laughs> it's a win win. Uh, all right, Brandon. Well, good luck this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a strange one. Good luck to everyone listening. Absolutely. And, yeah, and uh, we've got some poker to play on Saturday too. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, uh, sportsmanlike activities for us from the Premier League to playing poker. So yeah, you can follow all the action on our Twitter feed at Hail Cheaters. Of course, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Always Cheating. And uh, Josh, how can you subscribe to this wonderful FPL podcast? You can subscribe uh, on iTunes. Uh, you can also find us on SoundCloud. Uh, we always link to it on Twitter and Facebook. And lots of different ways to find us. Uh, you can if, also, if you have any questions, you can email us at hailcheaters at gmail.com uh, or find us on our website, alwayscheating.com. I feel like a pocket community that we never reach out to on this podcast is Reddit as well. So we should also thank everybody on the Reddit um, Fantasy Premier League Forum that listens to us uh much appreciated the upvotes very cool yeah it's great and a lot of the conversations on there are fantastic too i i'm probably a little more of a lurker than i should be and like i, I don't always jump into the conversation yeah. uh but uh, yeah there's a lot of great conversations on there for sure cool all right josh good app good app and i will uh talk to you soon hail poco hail poco poco forever Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.